What's up, everybody? This is Matt McKee, and this is another episode of Creative Sheep. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Creative Sheep Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogue, and I'm joined with the one and only Roman Johnson. That's me. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is brought to you by creativesheep.org, in case you didn't know. And Jared, if I'm, let's say, okay, let's let's do a little uh, role play here. Say, I'm a church. Okay. Uh, plant, I'm a church planter. I work in a church. I want to get some, uh, I need some resources. Yeah. Uh, what do I, where do I go? You go to creativesheep.org. We oh, have really? pre-made and custom media available for you. Hey, let's say I'm, I work in kids' ministry. I created a new song, and I need uh, a lyric video. Where you, do I go? You know, Roman, we actually do have done quite a few lyric videos uh, for churches uh, around the country. Have we? We have. <laughs> we have. Um, and, uh, you know, if I, don't, if I do say so myself, uh, they're not too shabby. I would say they're not too shabby as well. They're, they're pretty good. So, uh, yeah, head on over to creativesheep.org. Uh, we'd love to help you out. And, uh, folks, uh, since you're listening today, I believe this is episode 41. Episode 41. 41. Episode 50 is going to be here before you know it, Roman. And Dang, you have promised a rap <laughs> to be written. It's on my list. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> and I've got some lines. But uh, it's not fully fully fleshed out. Fleshed? Fleshed? <laughs> fleshed, not flushed. Which one is it? Fleshed. Are you sure? Like putting flesh on the bones, oh, not flushing getting, it down the toilet. This is getting gross. This is real weird. Uh, but folks, we've got a phenomenal interview for you today. Uh, you know, before we get to that, though, if you would, uh, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Yeah, definitely. If you would. Uh, that way you, you're notified. We release an episode every other Monday, uh, and you can be first to know about that. Folks, we've got some phenomenal conversations coming up. Uh, episode 42 is going to be with Elle Campbell. Uh, she helped write the book, Creating a Lead Small Culture. Uh, it's a fantastic conversation. Hey, I got a question. Yeah. So uh, speaking of podcasts, yeah. you listen to a lot of podcasts. I do. Is there a podcast that you're like into right now, other than the Creative Sheet podcast, that you're like into and loving? Man, there's there's a bunch. I jump around a lot. I, I haven't like really settled into one. Not lately. I used to. Mm-hmm. I love Carrie Newhoff's uh, podcast. He's been on the show. He's coming back on the show right. uh, in January. I'm, I'm interviewing him again. Um, uh, but there's a lot of podcasts I really love. There's I, I don't even remember the name of some of them. The podcasts I'm finding that I love the most are, are when I'm learning about people's lives. Like when they're just telling their story, how they got where they are, how they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I love like Alec Baldwin. I've said this before. He's got a podcast called Here's the Thing um, in which he interviews celebs, as you would say. Yeah, definitely celebs. Uh, it's, a, it's really interesting. I, I don't listen to all of those, but there's several that I have listened to. He's interviewed Jimmy Fallon, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, love those conversations. Uh, and then there's a couple others that I don't even remember the names of recently that I have found um, that I, I just really like hearing people's stories. That's good. I How about too. you? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm into this one called Awards Chatter right now. That, that yes. talks to celebs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like actors and stuff like that, yeah. but you hear the kind of their life story. It's just kind of cool to hear how they got to where they are. And a lot of it, it just kind of boils down to hard work. Like yeah. you think these people uh, have some sort of secret. And a lot of times there's obviously breaks along the way, but sure. it, it, it kind of boils down to them just putting in the work and working hard and um, giving all they got to their craft, and then they they rise to the top, which I think is interesting. As Dave Ramsey puts it, they're an overnight success after 10 years of hard work. Yeah, that's the um, truth. It's, it's so true, and that's, that's the common thread that runs through all of this. That's what's so inspiring to me. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'll hop on the old iTunes and just type in somebody's name. Like, I love hearing about Jimmy Fallon. I love yeah. listening to Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and so I'll just find different podcasts that they're on, which usually leads me down a rabbit trail to find other people. So you kind of just find the thing that works for you. That's great. Uh, we're talking a long time about podcasts here. They're fun. They are fun. Uh, folks, after episode 42, we've got episode 43, which would come next. Hey, that makes sense. It and, does you know, make that's sense. How numbers work. Uh, I interviewed my friend Johnny Hampton. He owns a, a business here in Tulsa called Hampton Creative, and they have done work for some major, major brands. Uh, one of them being SeaWorld. Uh, maybe you've heard, heard of it. Heard of them. Um, they've done work for Quick Trip, which is a, a Forbes 100 company that's based out of Tulsa. 
Um, they've just done some, uh, they do work for Charles Stanley Ministries, Andy Stanley's dad, um, and done a phenomenal job with that. And so he's going to be on talking about uh, thinking like an owner, and it's a phenomenal conversation. So real excited about that. Uh, so go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any of this. And if you would, share it on social media. Let your friends know about it. Um, and then uh, uh, leave a review if you would. Definitely. Uh, it helps boost the ratings from what I'm told. You can create a fun like screen name. You can. Leave a review on iTunes. You can. And so anyhow, folks, today we've got episode 41. I'm talking with Matt McKee. Uh, Matt McKee has recently written a book. Uh, he, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's been involved in, in ministry for quite some time. He's closely associated with Orange out of Atlanta, the Rethink Group, and Reggie Joyner. He's recently written a book called Parent Chat, and it's all about leveraging technology in the family. And so, uh, man, it's a, it's a phenomenal book. It's a phenomenal read. Um, and that's what we're talking about today. That as well as how to leverage technology with your kids, how to protect them uh, without totally just putting them in a padded room and well, hoping for the best. I'm excited about this. Um, it's a very, very good conversation. So, Roman, I think without further ado, let's get to episode 41, where I'm talking with Matt McKee. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. No, I, you know, I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I've been, uh, I've been a listener for, uh, quite some time and, uh, you guys have some of the best people in the world on. So, uh, I hate to bring it down today, but, uh, you know, here we are. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And of course you're not going to bring it down. I'm super excited about our conversation today, but we're going to be talking about your new book, Parent Chat, uh, which is available, I believe pretty much everywhere right now. You can pick it up on Amazon, you can get it at Barnes and Noble, wherever you need to pick it up. Uh, and it's just a phenomenal book. And, uh, but before we jump into that, Matt, I, what I want to do is get a little background. You and I were talking about this before we started the interview, but, uh, for the folks out there, maybe that are listening that, that haven't heard of Matt McKee, why don't you give us a little, uh, history, uh, in a nutshell of, of kind of how you got where you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, started off, uh, you know, out of, uh, out of college uh, the one thing I said I'd never do is uh, be a pastor on a staff at a church. And uh, one of the very first things I did was I was a pastor on staff at a church. So awesome. um, I did, uh, yeah, for 10 years. And five years I spent at Fellowship Church down in Grapevine, Texas. And I got to see that church grow from, you know, 10,000 or so to 25,000. And it was just an experience and a half. And, you know, looking back, it really got me around a lot of people who were very entrepreneurial in spirit and thinking, and we couldn't think big enough. Mm. And I think that really set the course for a lot of my career just over, uh, over my lifetime. And then from there, I went to a church in Cincinnati and uh, helped a church move in and out of a school to building the first property. And uh, that got me around all of these different executives um, at things like Procter and Gamble and all these huge companies. Wow. I learned a lot about business and learned a lot, just, uh, you know, how to, how to treat people and how to make a difference in your community. And then, uh, while doing both of those, uh, at both of those churches, I also started companies and whether it was launching curriculum or, um, my very first company, which was a creative agency where we, you know, helped companies name products and services to, you know, other companies that failed gloriously along the way. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I, I guess I've had the freedom uh, to fail. And I've had a wife who I've now been married to for 17 years who has stuck by me no matter what. Uh, and parents that still love me. And I mean, it's just, it's pretty amazing when you have a support system like I have to be able to look around and go, wow, what do I want to try? And uh, knowing that no matter how that goes, uh, people are still there that are going to love you and care for you and, um, and really even take care of you. So that's, uh, that's kind of the story of my life uh, because I've had a couple successful exits. And today, you know, I, I get to help uh, multiple, whether it's nonprofits or uh, even for-profit companies, uh, hopefully make a difference in this world. Man, that's awesome. You know, I didn't actually know until this book that you had worked at Fellowship Church in Grapevine. So, and and if I'm not mistaken, you're that's Ed Young's church, correct? Uh, it is, yeah. Yeah. I remember Ed when 
when he was the dude with the food that rhymed every time on a dime. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember Ed coming out on stage in a tank and literally talking about spiritual warfare. Oh, wow. Uh, so that goes way back. And it was, uh, it was, it was fun times. Man, that's incredible. Were you, were you in Pace Hartfield there at the same time? Very much so. Yeah. So Pace and I, um, we would, um, yeah. So Pace was in the youth department. And, yeah. Uh, I was on the creative team and in the uh, children's area and actually did a bunch, some stuff with the youth as well. So yeah, I know Pace well. Man, that's awesome. Uh, I had no idea. Pace, Pace, of course, was on the show. He was in episode 23 with us uh, and uh, love that guy. Love, love, love Pace Hartfield. That guy's amazing. Um, and so Ian, I, I was wondering, because you say that you love the Dallas Cowboys and then also the Cincinnati Bengals, correct? Yeah, so when I was in Dallas, I actually, uh, one of my mentors was the chaplain of the Cowboys. His name was John Weber, and wow. Weber was with them until he passed away. So the five years that I lived there, I got to hang out with the team, and I, so I, it was one of those deals where, you know, I look back and I'm like, of course I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Right. Um, but, you know, but I also grew up, I was born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky, and mm. the closest team, you know, was the Bengals. So I, I knew how to do the icky shuffle, um, you know, <laughs> back, you know, when I was in middle school. So it, it, you can be, you can be fans of both because neither, you know, the Bengals aren't going to do much, right. uh, but the Cowboys at least have a shot. Do they? Do the Cowboys uh, have a well, shot? Not this year. <laughs> <laughs> they, did, they did in the 90s. Well, I mean, that was, that was kind of cool. Yeah, you go back to the Emmett Smith, Michael Irving, Troy Aikman days, that's a totally different yeah. something. But they, they, the supposed America's team, they've not been so good for a while. Um, and who knows? Maybe with Tony Romo out, they'll actually get a quarterback that can do something. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, <laughs> uh, don't don't hate on Tony. I, you know, it, it is Tony. Oh no! Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yes, but, you know, it, I respect his, your uh, loyalty. His stats, yeah, his stats are a lot better than people give him credit for. True, it, you know that 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 probably is true. And then you're also a, a Kentucky basketball fan, and that makes a lot of sense being from Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up uh, in Rupp Arena, so. Uh, as a family, you know, that was our thing. So we would go to uh, almost every UK home game and uh, even traveled with the team some. And uh, I still, there's a couple players uh, growing up that I still call friend. So yeah. it's, um, uh, I'm, I've been, you know, in the sports world, you know, in ministry, I actually, um, you know, I looked and worked for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for a couple years. Oh, cool. uh, I played soccer in college and uh, that gave me a scholarship and all that stuff. So uh, there's an athlete, you know, hidden deep inside me, but, um, that I got to work with a lot of just different athletes, uh, at different scales. And, uh, I think that's also just a lot of drive and passion. I think yeah. that's why I have that in me. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, you know, here, this next question I've got for you, this wasn't a part of, uh, part of the interview, but you made a comment a moment ago about the, the different business ventures and things that you've been a part of some successes. And then the, you also talked about the, the failures that you've experienced along the way. And just real quick, wanted to jump in on that. How, how valuable have those failures been to getting you to where you are today? Well, I, I you know, um, in the entrepreneurial world, we call that tuition. So, <laughs> um, any, any failure that you have, I mean, you know, I, I've lost quite a bit of money. Uh, and you know, that is, it's just tuition for the next step. Um, and even on the successful exits, those are tuition for yeah. the next step. So, you know, uh, a successful exit for, you know, your investors or, uh, a failure for, you know, your team, uh, both, uh, I think you learn, you learn as much in both. And those people that say I learned more in failure. Uh, I think they just regret that. I, you learn you learn as much in both, yeah. or at least you should be open to learning as much in both. That's good. And um, and, and yeah, I would say it is. It's um, it, it's one of those things that you know, even the ones, even those deals that I went, wow, that really should have worked. 
uh, even looking back on it now, going, okay, but it didn't. So, um, you know, let's learn from it. Yeah, for sure. And you keep using the term successful exit. Tell me what you mean by that. Oh, that's, uh, sorry. That's when, uh, you know, your company gets bought, uh, and you actually make some money. Yeah. So a, um, uh, a successful exit is when you uh, start a company, you grow it, and then somebody else buys it from you, um, hopefully for more than what you have in it. And uh, I've done that a couple different times. That's fantastic. Those are those are the fun ones. I've only done that one time. It sounds like you've done it more than that. Uh, but that's that's amazing. That's super cool. Well, that's when... Uh, well, again, you know, it's... Um, it's one of those deals where you learn uh, a lot each and every step. um, At the end of the day, I mean, isn't that what we all want? I mean, we all want to be able to say I'm doing something today. Maybe I've never done before, or I'm doing something I love or I'm doing something I'm learning. So Mm. if I can stay in those lanes, it's a good day. Yeah, man, that's incredible. Well, hey, let's jump to uh, let's let's talk about your book. You just launched this book. I think it just came out what like a week ago, maybe not even a week ago. Um, yeah, so officially launched this last Tuesday. Okay, um, so it came out September sixth. Uh, it's called Parent Chat: The Technology Talk for Every Family. Um, and uh, first question right out the gate here: Why why this book? What inspired you to write this book? Well. One, I have two boys. Uh, my oldest son, his name's Patriot. My youngest son, his name is Aslan. And, uh, you know, just being a dad and uh, trying to help my kids uh, as much as I can. One, in terms of, you know, what it means to be a, a good man, a good citizen, a good just person uh, and living an incredible life. And then two, what that means not only offline, but also online. And, you know, a couple years ago, my oldest son, he, um, he just like most boys who are nine years old, uh, given a device, they are very curious, uh, you know, watching YouTube videos and going out to different websites. And again, he's just trying to learn. Well, in that, you know, discovery time, in that curiosity, he found, he found um, adult material. And mm. that adult material um, was something that caught his curiosity. And, uh, you know, he started exploring more and more. Um, and then when I found out about that, I said, wow, you know, cause I had started a couple tech companies and, uh, I thought I was, you know, fairly good at technology and I thought he was protected. And I said, um, Hey, this is a real problem. And it's a real problem that I believe every family today has to deal with. And it's not just keeping kids away from, um, adult material, it really is helping families have a healthy relationship with technology. And that's the goal of the book is at the end of the day, how do you as a parent help your child and yourself have a healthy relationship with technology? That's really good. Um, and one of the things I love that you say in the book is that the desire for con- connectivity and constant connection isn't new. It's just that technology makes it possible. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, I think if you if we went back, you know, even to the 1400s, 1800s, I mean, we have this yearning for connection. And we have, because we want, uh, you know, we're built for relationships, whether that be a relationship uh, with the people here on earth or a relationship with our creator or just this idea of wanting to be connected. And technology has given us the ability to now always have a connection that's always on 24-7. We couldn't have done that before technology. That's why I believe we got on ships and discovered new lands. That's why we built roads. That's why Mm. all of these different things, this exploration is our yearning for connection. That's why we still look for aliens because we're like, hey, maybe (laughs) there's another connection out there that we could find. And Um, You know, technology is, it's just uh, the ability to be connected to something or someone at all times. And that's actually, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of scary and it's a, it's also awesome all at the same time. Yeah. 
And so with technology, you just you describe in the book that there's three paths we can ca- we can take when it comes to technology with our families. The first of those is the path of acceptance. Expound on what that is. Well, yeah, that's just saying that uh, no matter what, no matter what new technology comes out, the greatest new thing, we're just going to adopt it. We're going to bring it into our families. And we're not going to ask a lot of questions because, well, hey, everybody else around us is doing it and it's the popular thing. And we're just going to accept what's happening today. And, you know, that comes with uh, some great things. It comes with new gadgets. It comes with new software. It comes... Uh, with new findings, and uh, but it also comes with a lot of access, mm. and access to new that hasn't had um, really any boundaries or anything set. It hasn't been given any purpose. All you've done is said, here, here's a new device, and here's a new thing, and with that, with the curiosity of kids, they're going to explore it in a totally different way than parents are. So parents then look and say, wow, um, one, I didn't know it would do that. Two, uh, I didn't, I wasn't aware. And three, um, you know, the, what finally happens is this idea of fear because of the unknown. And normally the path of acceptance, uh, even though we think we're doing really well because we've got the greatest, latest things, it actually leads to fear, which is where, where I think a lot of times parents are today. Mm. That's good. And then next up, you've got the path of rejection. Yeah, and that's just saying, uh, you know, there are times in different groups of people that reject whatever the latest greatest is. And um, I have friends who are Mennonites, and I have friends who, um, you know, who have said throughout the years, we're just not going to do that. And I think when we say that, we're saying uh, we've gone far enough. I think we're saying, uh, what we have known traditionally uh, is good enough. And I think that path of rejection, it's fine. I mean, you can think today, today's technology is as far as I need to go. I don't need augmented reality. I don't need virtual reality. And what's going to happen is your influence on the community, your influence on connection, your influence just on our world will diminish because of that. So if you know, our path of acceptance leads to fear. I think our path of rejection actually leads to lack of influence. Uh, so, you know, I don't think either anyone listening to this really wants to be fearful, or I don't think anyone here wants to uh, also have a lack of influence. Man, that's a big deal. That's very insightful. And then you, you provide an alternative. Rather than acceptance or rejection, you provide an alternative that that I, I believe is is the best path that we can take. Well, and really, you know, that path, uh, the the path really is just uh, of one saying, okay, how do I give it purpose? Um, and you know, I went back and forth. Uh, is it the path of redemption? Is it the path of purpose? Is it you know? So at the end of the day no matter the words that you read in the book, the path is how do we not lose influence and how do we not become fearful? Is there a path with technology that can actually give us hope? And as a family, I believe there is. And it really is asking certain questions about that technology and the questions um, you know, that go on throughout the book, but it really is. What's the purpose of that? What, does, what is it trying to get me to do? What are some of those different things in our lives? As parents and as kids, uh, at the end of the day, what is the end that we want um, our kids to have and for us to have when it comes to technology? For sure. For sure. And with that, there's, I, I, love, this, I love this line. Technology can do amazing things but there's one thing that it can't do. And especially in the family, why don't you expound on what, what exactly that is? The technology, it is incredible. There's, there's so much that it can do for us, but there is one thing that it can't do. And what is that? Well, and that's replace relationships. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the more time that we spend looking at a screen, the more time we crave real relationships. And you may even look at teenagers or kids today and go, yeah, but they're always connected. They're always looking at the screen. They're all, yeah, that's their curiosity. 
But at the end of the day, um, what they're craving because of that is they're craving a real relationship. And as mom and as dad, I don't care if you're single parents or married or, you know, whatever the family structure is, at the end of the day, your kids are craving a real relationship. And that's how we can step in as parents and say, uh, congratulations, I'm here for you. And that relationship, no matter how great technology is, it will become hackable. It will be something that someone can use, but your relationship with your kid isn't going to be hackable. It will be technology each and every day. Man, that's incredible. Um, and, and, and I think one, one key thing that you line out in the book that helps differentiate this and why there is the distinction is that, that kids, kids and adults or parents and kids see new devices totally different. You alluded to this early on in the conversation, but adults see it as, what will this do for me? Whereas a kid sees it as, what can it do? So like you're yeah, saying, and, go ahead, go on, go on, sorry. Yeah, no, there's a big distinction there because, you know, parents come to devices with an effectiveness and efficiency question. Will this make me more effective? In my work, will it make me more effective in my day? Will it make me more efficient? How can I get more things done? Because we put lists together and we're trying to get all these different things done because time is seemingly very quick. Where kids, you know, on the other hand, it's totally different. Time is like, it, it just, it seems like it goes on forever. So they're much more exploratory, not efficient. And that's why they're asking that question what can it do? And in their exploration, and they're trying to figure out what it will do, there's a lack of purpose. There's a lack of meaning. There's all these different things that that's why, you know, they'll do something with a device that parents will go, I would have never thought of that. It's because you're asking a totally different question. Man, that's, it's so, that's such a great observation. And I've seen that true with, I've got a three-year-old and a, a six-month-old. And I, I've, I've seen that ring true with them and that my daughter, Pepper, it is totally exploratory. She's curious. She wants to know what's on there. She wants to know what else is on there. Um, it's such a, such a great observation. And one thing I love, Matt, about your book is that as much as it is about technology, this is also a parenting book, like just be a better parent, <laughs> it felt like. And, and I loved how you, in, in certain aspects of it, that you focused in on the why um, of, of all of this and not just demands and, and rules and things like that, but more so focusing on the why behind and the heart behind. And I love that so much. And one of the things you say in the book that this, this will just punch you in the gut as a parent, but maybe the reason some parents don't know what's going on with their children and technology is that they don't know what is going on with their children at all. That is a punch in the gut to me as a parent. Um, and you even alluded to earlier that as, as technologically savvy as you are, your son still kind of stumbled on some stuff that I'm sure you hope and your wife hopes that he hadn't stumbled on or wouldn't have stumbled on, um, as all parents do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the first to admit that, yes, I can write that in the book because I didn't know what was going on. I mean, this isn't a, Hey, I'm. I'm the greatest parent of all time. Oh, totally. No, this is, this is me struggling along the book going, hey, guess what? I'm writing this uh, because I've lived this. And I know that um, I was in running a startup and, and being able you know, to travel and speak all over the world and all these different things. Uh, even then, I'm going, wait a minute. I, I don't know what my kids are up to. I need to do a better job as a dad. Mm. and. Uh, knowing these principles, knowing that kids will do different things with devices, knowing that um, they're out there, um, you know, being connected in a world that I, I was not connected to growing up. Um, it made me, yeah, it, that's what led to those words. Um, and it's not, a, it's not supposed to be a shameful thing, but it's supposed to be a, uh, we're, all, we're all in this thing. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and I, I, man, I appreciate your, your vulnerability and transparency in sharing that. Um, and, and so with that though, how, how do we fix as parents, how do we, how do we start taking some initial steps? Not, 
we're not going to fix this overnight, but what are some steps we can begin to take to improve that, to get to know our kids better so that we can understand them, so that we can understand what they're going through, so that we can understand what's going on with them and the technology that's around them? So, you know, it's really a two-pronged approach. Uh, the good news is there's technology technological solutions out there that will really help us. And those, you know, solutions are, are coming out more and more every day. The technology world is understanding, hey, this is a real problem for parents and for kids, and we need to do something about it. And, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, there have been quite a few companies that have said, we're going to help parents tackle this problem. So congratulations. Um, you know, investors and other people have gotten behind this and said, we want to help. So that's one. But just like, you know, any new technology, uh, kids are going to find their ways around it. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk. Uh, I think we'll talk more about those technological solutions. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the conversations that we have, you know, the second prong to that and the conversations that we have with our kids. And no matter what age your kids are, whether they're, you know, three years old or whether they're 17 years old, uh, I think there's just certain questions that we can ask. And uh, a lot of those questions are, hey, what's interesting to you? Because, you know, their interest will change throughout time. So they'll tell you that's both. And what's amazing is they're not just going to tell you what's interesting offline, like what they saw at school or whatever else. But they'll tell you what's interesting online. So they'll even tell you in that question how they're using technology. Mm. And, you know, the, another question is what scares you or uh, what, you know, what is ex um, what's different or what's surprising to you. Those are different things that, uh, you know, you're now getting to see the world through the eyes of your child. What's surprising is what's um, going to be different that they see and what's so it goes beyond interest, but it's the things that, you know, arise throughout their day. And then, you know, another one, and this is one of my favorites, is what are your kids, uh, you know, your friends doing? What are your friends doing that uh, you think is just kind of wild? Because here's, here's the reality. That's exactly what your kids are about to do. So whatever their friends are doing that your kids think are amazing or scary or outrageous, yeah, give your kids two weeks. They're going to be doing the exact same thing. So at least understand what their friends are doing. And then, you know, the posture as parents that I believe we've got to take, and it's something that I have to remind myself about all the time, is this question, and it, it helps me with both my boys. It actually helps me with other kids that I work with, no matter the age. It's, can you teach me how? Can you mm. teach me how that app works? Can you teach me how that device works? Can you teach me how? Because it's just a totally different posture as a parent. Yeah. And it builds that relationship in a totally different way. And you'll see, you'll see kids get excited. You'll see even adults. They'll be like, oh yeah, here, let me show you this. Because now they're being able to show you their passion. They're being able to show you. And when you ask that question, you get past a lot of the technological uh, solutions. You get past a lot of the different hurdles. You get past the fear. You also gain influence. It then leads you to back to the deal of uh, giving it purpose. So that can you teach me how actually is uh, is unbelievably huge. I love that so much. Rick Warren talks about we can learn from anybody if we're willing to. And you talked about the posture of your heart in all of this. Um, and I feel like you talked about the two prong approach that. That with the first, the first prong of that is the technology we can use to protect us from technology. Um, that can seem like the easy quick fix as a parent, uh, because yeah, I did it. I, I I put a block on it, or I used the 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 circle device, and we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Um, I downloaded this app, or I'm able to watch what they're watching, and and we put these safeguards in place, which are super super important. Um. But the tougher of the two, I, th I think, as a parent, can be the conversation side. Because we're busy as parents. We've got a lot going on, especially uh, off-air. You and I were talking all the things that you've got going on, that it can be very easy, I would imagine, as a parent, and even speaking from my own, my own perspective as a parent, uh, it can be easy to overlook the conversation side of it. 
And I want to I want to drill down on this just a little bit because you keep saying a conversation and you talk about asking questions. Nowhere in there did you say anything about making statements or putting rules in place and all that's th- those things are important. But why why do you believe so strongly in the importance of a conversation and asking questions versus just instituting a bunch of rules and making a bunch of statements when it comes to technology? You know, I I think I learned this uh, best from uh, Reggie Joyner. And it's just this idea, as a parent, you go from control to influence. And, you know, when your kids are younger, you have more control than you think you do. But as they get older, you lose that control. And at the end of the day, when they leave, all you want is to still have a little influence in their life. And if we as parents can have a conversation, because rules are just control, conversation is influence. So if we can, at a very early age and at a very early experience, if we can have as much influence as possible, then I believe that when they leave, then it's not just them coming back for holidays. It's not just them, you know, Easter and Christmas saying, hey, I'm back, uh, and them kind of despising that they're you know, eating ham with you, but it's this idea of, you know, having a, if you start the conversation now, hopefully when they leave, you'll continue to have a conversation. And that's why, you know, I emphasize it so much because it's not a now type of thing, even though what they're going through is now, even though technology is now, um, conversations are ongoing and conversations are something that I think, uh, help us as we look five, 10 years down the road. Man, that's good. So you actually give in the book some keys to good conversation. Um, uh, one of them just being regularity. Just have regular conversations with your kids. And then I love what you said beyond that. Uh, but uh, ask good questions, but don't interrogate. Is there a kind of a fine line there? Well, I mean... You know, just like you and I, I mean, if if we were sitting down and we're not sitting down across from each other, but if if we were at a table and uh, we're having a coffee and, you know, it's really easy uh, because, you know, we kind of know, we kind of know when we're offline, this whole conversation and body posture and, you know, you're giving me all these different signals. And I, I know by like three questions in, if you're irritated. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I probably need to drop that subject and move on to another subject. And mm. uh, maybe, you know, there's a different interest. And, um, and the same thing. I mean, if your kids go, okay, they're just trying to get information. They don't really care about me. Like they're just, they're trying to get dirt or um, they're not mm. looking out for my best interest here. They're just trying to see how they can control me. And again, it's not about control. So interrogation is about control. That's not what you want. You want influence. And uh, at the end of the day, that's, that's hopefully um, what's going to happen. So let's jump into, you give uh, some guidelines for types of questions you should ask your kids. Um, first up here, which is actually surprising in light of, the, in light of what this book is about, but uh, is don't ask about technology. Why is that? Because, you know, in your kid's world, they don't separate technology and non-technology. They're always connected. They, they are digital natives. So what happens is, you know, we as parents, most of us are coming into this conversation like, okay, that's technology, that's online, this is offline. And, uh, you know, we've seen the gap between the two, where in their world, it's just not. Uh, that's why, you know, we get so impressed by two-year-olds and three-year-olds who pick up an iPad, they unlock it, they know exactly where their games are, they know exactly what they want to do. Well, we're like, wow, they know how to use technology. No, that's just their life. Like, that's why you don't need to talk about and ask about technology. You just need to talk about their life. Mm, that's really, really good. Uh, next up, ask for their opinion or input, not facts. Yeah. And again, what you're hoping for is you're hoping to see the world as they see it. Uh, you're hoping to get an understanding of their perception uh, because 
that will help you as a parent understand what they're doing online. It will help you understand what they're struggling with. It will help you understand, uh, you know, if they're being bullied, if they're uh, both online and off. I mean, what you're being able to do there is um, understanding who they are, which will go, you know, years and years. And then the last one here, I think this one can can be, especially I know for someone like me, type A leader type, which I would imagine is a lot of our audience out there listening, but just listen carefully and ask a follow-up question. Why is this one so important? Well, you know, and me too. I mean, this one, this question is really for me. I mean, this is, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, just give me the information. Right. Uh, like, you know, I mean, okay. So, what do you what are you struggling with? Who's uh, what girl are you talking to now that you know you're 11? What you know? Uh, but no, uh, the more I listen, and the more I follow up, uh, the more information I'll actually get. And when I don't, uh, then I'm actually defeating my purpose, and uh, which is trying to one have that relationship to uh, just understand my kids more, uh, so I can help them. Yeah, that's good. So we've talked about kind of the one prong here of the conversation and getting to know your kids and really investing in them. Uh, let's let's kind of flip the script here and start talking more of the putting the safeguards in place. Let's talk some really practical, pragmatic things that parents can do right now to help um, in the in the protection of their kids when it comes to technology. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about a device that. Uh, that you're that you are a a spokesperson for you're an apostle for uh it's a device called circle why don't you just briefly explain what exactly that device is what it does where where we can pick it up yeah so circle with disney uh it's got a partnership with disney um and what it is it's a wireless device and mobile device management so it too has kind of a two-prong approach but the mobile device um, the wireless device that you put into your home, you connect it wirelessly to your router, and then uh, it helps you understand all the different things that are going on in your network. So we may have to back up. Just a, we may have to back up just a little bit there. I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, for the folks out there listening, no uh, what is a router? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. So <laughs> what happens? Uh, you know. Normally, it's your Wi-Fi, so it's the way that you're going to get on uh, to the internet. And um, so, your router maybe in the you know where you're also your water heater is, and some other, you know some <laughs> other things. But uh, um, that's one reason why you know Circle's wireless, so that you can connect it, uh, and you you don't have to you know find the Ethernet cord and do all the different stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, so. It, what it does, once you connect it to your network, um, it helps you put time limits on apps and websites. It helps you put bedtimes. Uh, you know, one of the things I found was, uh, you know, my kids were getting up at like two o'clock in the morning and going downstairs and playing the Xbox. Um, and, you know, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So Circle helps me turn off the internet um, mm. on different devices uh, at night. So, you know, I can say, to my kids, nope, bedtime's at nine o'clock and at nine o'clock, then the internet's going to go off on your mobile devices, on your PC, you know, and your laptops and all the different things. So um, it's, it's one place. And then with mobile device management, when those, let's say they turn Wi-Fi off and now they're connected to, you know, 4G LTE, uh, it actually, uh, it helps you to understand everything that that device does, whether it's an iPhone or an iPad. So even on other Wi-Fi or even over 3G, I can see everything my kids are doing and still put time limits on. So if I say you get an hour of Minecraft, then they only get an hour of Minecraft, Mm. which is pretty amazing uh, because you know what that means? Uh, That, you know, when it's dinner time, I can go into the Circle app, I can hit the pause button, and it's amazing. Everyone comes out of their rooms or wherever <laughs> they are, and they know it's dinner time because the internet is now off. Uh, so that is uh, that's just one of those things that's helping parents to see to make sure they know they're not getting any content that they shouldn't. Two, that they're being able to understand what how much time their kids are spending online, so that they can have better conversations 
in reality, what, what I say is it helps you automate the important mm. because the important is those things that are happening both online and off offline. It's not playing a game online is not unimportant to a kid, but playing a game for four hours straight is not important. So if you can automate that, it's only going to let them play for an hour, then uh, congratulations. You're help. you know, you're going to win as a parent. Yeah, for sure. Now, does this device work with Android as well as iOS? Uh, it does. Uh, so, well, you can administrate the uh, box so you can connect it to your router and understand all the things that are happening uh, in your house from both iOS and Android. Uh, currently today, the mobile device management is only on iOS, but before the end of the year, um, here in a couple of months, uh, it will be for iPhone and Android. So, uh, and by the way, you can find serverless Disney, every Best Buy, every Target, Amazon. Um, it's it's in your neighborhood. So yeah, uh, go you know you you can go get one. And it's only it's only ninety nine dollars on Amazon. So I mean, crazy cheap for for everything that you're talking about, which is amazing. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, and just to jump back, so by the end of 2016, it will be available to to work and and speak more clearly with Android devices, um, if I'm understanding that correctly. And that is correct. Uh, with that, uh, one of the other things I noticed on it, which I thought was a really cool feature, is that you can actually set uh, safeguards based on uh, where your kids are. So it has different tiers, I guess, if you will, where you can set it to, it'll filter the content for pre-K, a kid, a teen, or an adult depending on whose device it is. So you can manage, uh, it says individual filter levels, which is, man, I think that's a really, really cool f feature that it offers. Yeah. So instead of looking at, which is traditionally what's happened, instead of looking at the device saying, okay, that device, we've got to set at this. We actually look at it as an individual. So we say these individuals are looking at these devices, uh, and we're going to set the individual maybe as a teen, and we're going to say that individual, no matter what devices they're on, uh, the, the ones they use the most, will only get certain time limits and certain restrictions and all those different things. So um, it's, yeah, it's a new way to think about it, and it's much harder to get, get around, actually. Man, that that's really really cool, folks. We'll we'll of course link to that in the show notes. But you can jump over to Amazon if you just search Circle; it'll pop up for you. Um, and at ninety nine bucks, it's a steal. Like you said, you can pick it up at Target, uh, Best Buy. So very easy to find, and just an incredible incredible tool as a parent uh, to be able to better leverage technology in your home. So uh, Matt, I, you mentioned earlier too it, it, that there are, there are plenty of ways to help manage. Uh, tech that we that's used within our families. Um, is there anything out there, whether app or websites or anything that, that you would recommend to parents out there listening to help them better leverage? Because this, of course, Circle with Disney is going to help while you're in your home, but I can only assume that once you leave the home, all of what this had for you is is no longer supported because this is based off the router in your house. And so when you leave and you are yeah. on 4G or free Wi-Fi somewhere else, you may have access to more things. What would you recommend in those uh, situations? Well, that's why, you know, Circle Go is there, uh, oh, which awesome. is a subscription. Yeah, so uh, you can, that's why the mobile device management is there so that when the, you know, iPad or when the iPhone or whatever leaves the house, uh, that you still have, you only go to one place and you can still see all the activity. But if you want it even beyond that, uh, you know, there's a company out there called Bark, B-A-R-K dot uh, U-S. And uh, they are a startup. Uh, I'm not invested in them, you know, I, nothing like that. I mean, it's, um, it's actually, a, it's an incredible company that is doing um, machine learning or artificial intelligence to where, um, you can actually install this uh, so that uh, you don't even have to install it. You're signing in to your kid's accounts. And then it only alerts you when it sees cyberbullying or uh, suicidal thoughts or uh, if there's a video, uh, let's say your kids are logged in on YouTube and uh, there's a video. And one of the things that you've checked is 
profanity. So what that what Bark will do uh, is everything that your kids are uh, watching, it actually transcribes to text. It goes through a, a computer, and then it says, "Hey, you might want to watch this. Um, you might want to watch this video because your kids did, and have a conversation about it." Um, which is pretty amazing yeah. uh, because, again, it's giving you better conversations. Uh, so, not, you know, Circle will tell you how much time was spent on YouTube. And then, you know, the added bonus there, uh, if you really want, is uh, to go, okay, these are probably the two videos that may have had something in them that we need to talk about, uh, which will only give you a better conversation as a parent. Man, that's really cool. So that's bark.us, folks. You can check that out. Matt, just kind of wrapping up the conversation here. At the end of the day, are we able to utilize technology to better our family relationships? Uh, yeah. Uh, and um, Today, we will only, like when you look at technology today and how we're connected today, it will be the least amount in history moving forward. So I, we have to understand how to have a healthy relationship with technology. We have to be able to model it as parents. We have to be able to use it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's coming alongside and saying, let's give it purpose. Let's give it meaning. And let's look at technology just like we would anything else. How can we help it make a difference in our lives? And when we start asking those questions, I think it will lead us down a different path than can we just be connected or how many things can we sell? through it. Mm. It, um, it will bring us back to, it'll bring us back to meaning, which is, uh, which is a huge thing. Man, that's really good. Matt, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us today. Folks, go pick up the book Parent Chat. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, I know it's at Barnes and Noble. Um, make sure you go get this book. It's going to help you leverage technology better as a parent. Um, I can't encourage it enough. Matt, if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about that? Well, uh, I don't hide very well on the internet. So if you put in Matt McKee, M-C-K-E-E, -E, uh, normally I'm the first one to pop up. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook. They can go to parentchat.com as well. And, um, you know, there's videos and there's a cell phone agreement. If your kids are a little older that they can get in and all kinds of different resources there too. Very cool. So folks, check out parentchat.com. Make sure to pick up the book um, and we'll link to all of this in the show notes. Matt, again, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Folks, thanks again for listening. Couldn't do this, wouldn't want to do this without you. Um, because of you, we, we get to do this, and we're grateful for that. I'm saying a lot of words right now. I kind of feel like John Madden and not really saying anything. That's okay. No, we're very grateful. We're in a grateful posture at all times of uh, our <laughs> listeners. Uh, but also, hey, uh, if you want to connect with us, want to talk to us, uh, you can find us on uh, social media. It's this new thing if you haven't heard about it. We got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at creative underscore sheep. You can find us on there yep. and uh, send us a question, a comment, or um, I guess those are the only two things you can do. Send us a question or comment. Maybe a, a video or oh, a, yeah, a picture I guess. or a photo. something of that nature. Definitely. Um, and folks, make sure to look out next uh, two Mondays from now. We're going to be releasing the episode, episode 42 with L. Campbell talking small groups. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. It is a phenomenal conversation. But until then, uh, folks, keep it real and we will see you next time. Oh, I like that. I like that. Keep it real. Is that your new thing? Yes. <laughs> All right. See you guys. <laughs>